Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear, and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening. Kelly says he knows you. He told me to tell you. He's like, Dad, tell Melissa I know her. How does he know me? That's what I asked him. He said, she'll have to find out. Kelly. I was like, what does that mean? He goes, just tell her I know her. I was like, okay. Was like, okay. You try- Are you just trying to get on the podcast? That's intriguing. That's intriguing. <laughs> I mean, now I'll have to really think about it. You know, I wonder if, is he good friends with my neighbors? Um... That my new neighbors. He he they yeah he knows one of your he knows the oldest son. So I wonder if that's or maybe he's good friends with my nephews. I don't know. I wonder, he could be talking smack too because he is my son. Yeah, he might just want to get on. Why don't we have him on the podcast? <laughs> no. And, let, and then let's ask him. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Okay, let's do that. It'll All be right. a short one. <laughs> no, I probably do know him. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I go, I get out of a lot. <laughs> I, I go, I'm around town quite a bit. So I, I hear you it. get around. I do. I get around a lot. Um, so you get around know, a lot, and you get random, uh, random. You get random people showing up at your house in the mornings. Oh uh, no! I, the, Macy woke up this morning and she started barking, that loud bark, and I thought, oh gosh, who's here? That's always my first thing. Who is here? And it was like 7.15. Fortunately, I think she was just parking. You and I are pretty positive about everything. You know? Why is that? What is it built into our DNA? I think, well, I think we're, we, we're glass half full people, you know? Because I'm already, you got you go on country. <laughs> well, you've already got, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, I've always felt like if there's a chance to look at something positively versus negatively, why would you choose the negative? You know, I was, I actually know the answer. Somebody actually told me the answer of the glass half empty, half full. Is what it is glass that? Half? Well, it depends. Are you drinking or pouring? Well, that's interesting. What's the difference? <laughs> it's well, half full if you're pouring. It's half empty if you're drinking. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so... How does that lead nothing, us? No, nothing's ever in a <laughs> never in a permanent state. So does um, that does that lead us into how to overcome? Actually, <laughs> actually, this is really interesting because you being an optimistic person, mm-hmm. uh, and this topic is about overcoming. Um, sorry, I gotta look up what it is. Yeah, so that's really interesting. <laughs> this, is a, this is a topic that we're both enthralled with that we can barely remember what it is. But let's just jump right in because I've been excited and you, obviously yes. we've prepared for this. Well, I, yes, we have. Okay. Okay. Okay, I just can't remember the word I need to say. You're listening to Melissa Unscripted, the show that brings you tips, tales, and the truth about the real estate world. I'm your host, Dave Wilson, and with me always is the woman who's ready to jump right in because she's excited, Melissa Greer. You're super optimistic, and this one's about overcoming objections that can't be. Yeah, that can be overcome. So, so being an optimist, I guess, is a one of the first steps you have to do of overcoming an objection. You have to believe yeah. that you can overcome it, right? 
So we that's where your optimism comes in, and I want to hear all your other um, well, tips about it's a mental that. game. Real life, I, yeah. Yeah, I have a good story. When I was really just beginning in real estate, and I think this is a good, this is a good, this was a good sign that this could be a great career for me. Is um, you know, I, I worked with a lot of first-time home buyers, and I, I my price point then was it's a little was a little similar to this now because you know we don't have a huge luxury market here so I, I mean i do everyone knows i do every price point you guys do a great job of marketing me as a luxury realtor but i spend a lot of time showing all different price points and so back then i was showing this house and literally this couple was so excited they're first time home buyers and um i walked in and it was the worst mess it was honestly it looked like a house i would build if i built <laughs> someone i mean it was just kind of almost it wasn't even level i don't think and then of course to add to that it was before staging was invented mm -hmm. so if you can imagine someone just gathering all their dirty laundry that they had collected over six months and just throw it, throw it in every room in the middle of the floor I mean, it was that bad. That's how bad it was. And um, sounds like so, my neighbor's house. So I walked through, and we were walking through, and of course, you learn very early on. You want to point out the really good things, but you kind of have to listen to and not say a whole lot because you don't know. Say if you say, "Oh, I love this," or or you don't want to say, "Well, you could change this," because the person might like it. So the only thing I said is, I walked there and I thought. Well, isn't this a nice chair rail, which is a piece of molding that you see in a dining room that kind of divides the wall. And, and it really comes from years ago. People used to, in smaller dining rooms, they'd back their chair up and it would hit, it'd keep you from hitting the wall. Yeah. yeah. Well, they drew the wallpaper. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I said, look at this dining room, it has chair rail. And they said, when we left the house, they said, you're amazing because that was honestly the only positive point to that house and we're not even sure what chair rail is <laughs> but we just thought you didn't say one word but you just wanted to say oh, look at the nice chair rail and just didn't say a whole thing just we just walked through and on houses like that and other realtors will know this when you walk in a house like that and you're just looking around thinking, oh my god first of all i'm not sure it's even safe for us to be in here and secondly we have to leave <laughs> as soon as possible there's no way anyone would buy this I mean, it's rare that you do it, but you just kind of get out as fast as you can and move on because you don't want the people to get down and you can sense when people don't like it. So anyway, long story short, that led me to realize that I can, you can always find one positive thing in every house, one positive thing. And, and we, we try and focus on that. And of course, usually there's so many positive things that it, it, makes our jobs easy because houses tend to sell themselves yeah. but, we, but we do come across houses that have objections and you know i always tell clients so, i work with find find a house with objections that we can overcome um well what are some things that you you can't overcome well so the the objections i feel like that are difficult to overcome and usually the only way to overcome those is price and you have to tell you have to tell people that and so they know that they may love this house but when they get ready to sell it they may, depending on what the market is if it's not a great market they may not get as much but you've got steep driveways that's one thing that is really hard to change and it is basically the rule of thumb is what can you not change 
steep driveways if you back up to a busy road or power lines um if there's a lot of noise from something that you know and sometimes that can be overcome like if you back up to a busier road or you back or you're near a train which you know about a yes, train right or downtown um so but sometimes it's you farming can put, downtown so it's not an yeah. effect. if this were my house i might think twice but for a, our business it's kind of cool because we're right oh, here, yeah. part of things and you could still put something in your you could put something in your conference room that was a fountain or, or something that would create some noise that would distract people from that if that happened that's what uh, you we're do. way too close <laughs> but that's in a in a yard where you actually back up to a road people right. do that all the time and it makes a big difference or you just make sure like when i if i have a house that you've got road noise when we're staging it well if they don't have a fountain we'll recommend it or recommend they have speakers or one of the you know a wireless right. speaker and they run i mean just so they show people what they can do i mean obviously you see the road i mean the other thing is too i mean you want to know it's all seasonal a lot of times like you could back up to a busier road and you'll hear it but in the summer you're not going to see it but what i always try and tell clients is think of how this is going to look in the winter i mean you're going to see it so mm -hmm. you have there's so many aspects of it because yeah uh, that's the thing is a house in the summer is going to sell differently than a house in the winter if it has something like that because of the leaves and the trees and all that. Yeah. It really depends on where you live too, right? So like in Greensboro, a busy road could be an objection you can't overcome, but let's say you're in New York city. It's an objection. You can't find. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's every an house. Objection. It's not an objection. Exactly. So when you're yeah. there, like everywhere is a busy road. So there's, yeah, it would be like buying a house here. That's not on a busy road. But, you know, it's it's expected. It's what people like. But then you have to think about, OK, where are you buying? So if I'm if I were buying a place in New York, which actually I'd love to have one one day because I enjoy that city so much. But, um, you know, it wouldn't bother me because it's all so, you know, there's so much activity. There's so much energy. There's so much noise all the time. And I would think that if you live there, you would be so used to that. Yeah. You know, that that's not a negative. In fact, that some people probably get energy from that but it's, in it's their white noise at night yeah exactly <laughs> but here it really is more people this is this is a really nice quiet you know city and people come here and it's known for its green spaces it's known for its nice quiet neighborhoods it's very family friendly so it's just a whole different feel um but when we have people relocate from bigger cities, they do, they're a lot more open to living on a busier road or backing up the one. And actually I will say this, it's, it's a 50, 50. I mean, sometimes people don't want to live on a busy road, but in reality, their backyard could back up to a really quiet place. And it's just that. That's what I have. I have yeah. a busy road in a large backyard. I feel like I'm in the country in my backyard. I can't see my neighbors. There's a pond yeah. back there, but I'm right in the middle of the city. So. And you don't, that doesn't bother you. The only negative here is that if say I'm looking for houses to show a buyer and we're in a market where there is inventory, mm -hmm. which we, we haven't seen that lately. So I don't know how that's good. That's going to be a new feeling. But if you, if you have a lot of choices that aren't on one of our busier roads and you see an address that's on a busy road, you may, you may think twice about it because you might think that could be a drawback for them when they get ready to sell. So your road is honestly is not, I, th I always think your road, I actually just sold a house on your road because I feel like that it's that very, it huh? Did yeah, it we, we, oh. well, we have an offer on it. So oh, great. Good. 
Um, but I think the, the thing is, is I think your road is very scenic, your lots. If your houses sit far away from the road and you're on a busier road or your lots are bigger, that makes a big difference. And I, and I think your road is that. It's interesting because now this shows you how different cities are. If you were to go to Charlotte, which is what, an hour and 20 minutes from here, right? or even Raleigh, their most expensive houses close to downtown are busy roads. They're on busy roads. And in, and here, it's not quite that way because we're, although we're a city that has a lot to offer, we're not considered like a huge city. So it just shows a different vibe. But I mean, I think that, I think the trend now is toward uh, people, that being less of an objection. So do you have any examples of uh, some objections you know, that you quote unquote can't overcome and how you were creative about selling the house? Well, I mean, yes. So if, if I list a house that has a steep driveway, um, we try and tell people to park in the driveway because if they park in the street and they walk up it, they can hardly breathe by the time they get out there. So you have to kind of think about that. You think, okay, what's going to make it less evident? And what you think is, if I live in a house with a steep driveway, I'm not going to park on the street. I'm going to park in the garage or park at least where it levels out up top. And so that's what, that's the thing we do. We always say pull in the drive. And if I have a house on a busy road, when I know that it's being shown, like I had a house on Wendover, which is really close to, I mean, it's like a thoroughfare. Mm -hmm. That's a good word for it. It wouldn't be a major highway, but it's, it's a pretty busy. Right thoroughfare that runs through the middle of Greensboro. So you try and sell a house on Wendover and you might get taken out if you're just parking, you got to park in the driveway then. But what I try and do is have the house open and unlocked. So a realtor's not sitting there trying to um, get a lockbox open while the people are with them listening to the traffic. <laughs> so, you know, there are little nuances that you can do to help present a house better that is, has the, objections and then again we do the fountains in the back i mean mostly here we're dealing with steep driveways busier roads that you back up to or that you're on but at the end of the day i had this client and i loved her she was she's very honest and just and when we have showings we automatically get feedback and it goes to our sellers i mean we don't edit it or anything like that and you have to prepare them that sometimes people are not as nice as others but every time they showed her house they said it's on the corner of this busy street and they didn't like it. And she said, well, why do, don't they know that? <laughs> she why said, why do they, up? why do they even come look at it? If they, and, and it really frustrated her, but in reality, her address was a quieter street. And so you're torn there because you want them to look my brother. He's, he's excellent at this. And I've learned so much from him. And he taught me something about houses on busy roads. He said, have open houses because you can sell them better than another agent with another agent. You're dealing with their preconceived notions of, is right. this a good investment? Is it not? But if it's your listing and you do an open house and people come in and they love it, then you can just call that agent and say, look, they love it right up this offer. And they're glad to do that to make a sale that quickly. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and, and at that point, the people have seen it. A lot of times agents won't show it if it's on a busy road. So they, but if someone comes in and they think, wow, this is everything I'm looking for. Can I handle this? I mean, I think they, most of the time they'll, they'll figure it out. My mother had a great thing when she said, um, 
people would say they didn't want to live on a busy road because they were worried about their kids running out and getting hit by a car. And she said, well, don't let your kids play in the road. <laughs> but, it's so true. I mean, she said, why would you, why would that even be an option? <laughs> I, I I, my, my kids understand roads really well because Westridge, you know, I say it's a busy road. There is traffic. It's not a, it's not a main thoroughfare, but it's a cut through between mm-hmm. two big roads. Yeah. Um, and you can't play in the road <laughs> at yeah. all. But my kids understand <laughs> the roads and they understand that, you know, how to not be near them. You know, from day one, you teach your kids, if a ball goes there, you don't even go get it. You get mom and dad. Right. If they're playing I mean, basketball, it just rolls all the way out to the road. I mean, I teach Macy good. Gray that every day. Yeah. <laughs> if her, if she, Macy's got a new, a new habit that I find a little bit scary is she, I usually will leave my front door open because I have a storm door, but because it's so humid here, it's gotten a point where my storm door doesn't fit quite yeah, right. Yeah. So I pull it. So she knows how, so if she sees something that she finds interesting, she'll sit there at the door and then I'll hear it open. And I run in there and she's gone out <laughs> to see what it was. So she lets herself in and out of the house now. So I've had to teach her about the road yeah. and not, you know, not to go there. And, I, but I mean, I think for, it would be much easier to teach a child. Yeah. Well, I mean, think, be. think of how many kids grew up in New York city. They yeah. all have to learn the road. They have to understand the environment they're in. Yeah. Or, or Darwin kicks in. <laughs> One of our agents lived on a corner, a busy corner. And she's, she said, I don't know what the big, of course, at the time she had her house on the market and it wasn't selling. She's, I just don't know what the big deal is about a busy corner. I have four children and this other agent who I love so much, she leaned over and whispered, used to have five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. I mean, and I think the lesson here is anything you do, you got to have fun doing it. And you've got, yeah. you know, you can't take yourself so seriously or anyone else. And I mean, the truth is, is obviously that wasn't true, but it was just a right, funny. But it was pretty funny. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this area is one bathroom considered an objection? Um, it is in certain price points. And I think, okay. it, well, I think in any price point, especially with COVID, because no one wants anyone using their bathroom. <laughs> so, right. So, I mean, I think it's become, again, that's something that's become a little bit more of a big deal, but um, in the older neighborhoods close to downtown, it's more common for it just to have one bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we always look for places to even add a half bath or something just to overcome that objection when we list those houses. So it just depends. I lived in a house with one bath forever. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's like, you know, and you do now, which I can't believe. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's why I'm asking. Cause you know, I'm going back to when I sell my house, how do I overcome yeah. the objection? You know, it's the little old farmhouse. All the other houses around me are bigger. I have a feeling somebody's going to buy the house and tear it down and build down near the pond anyways. They can. I'm sorry, Lake. They call it a lake here in in Greensboro. But but you're on city water and sewer. Oh, yeah, I'm city water and sewer. So someone could even keep that little farmhouse for something and build something behind it. You can't on Westridge anymore. Oh, you can't? Mm -mm. Because there's a couple houses. Aren't there a couple where they They were already? Yeah, they've already. They did that, but they changed it to be a scenic road or something like that in Greensboro. How big is your lot? Uh, right at an acre. It's interesting. You know what? And you know, it's woods yeah. and our property ends right before the lake pond, which is good because I can view it and enjoy it, but I don't have to deal with it. 
you know what you ought to do? And I hate to do this because I don't want to talk myself out of a sale here, but why don't you build on your lot? It's, it's a school system thing right now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So that's another objection right there in some areas and some people is, and that is, it's, it's a privilege thing. Well, but you know, you want your kids to have the best. So you want to be in a school district. We're public school kids. So yeah, well, I was too. Yeah. I grew up here. So you can tell, I mean, that's one thing I always, when I'm talking to newer agents, I tell them, you know, it's hard to sell by school district at certain times, especially if you're on the boundary of it, because it could change. And so you, you have to be able to tell them what's, what's around it and yeah. what, what it could be. But I, they, and I, and I've heard they're going to change our districts. I'm sure they will. They do it every, at some point, yeah. every few years. Yeah. But so, do you have any other tips for anybody? Any other objections? I, I don't want well, to go all out all at once. Cause we'll, we'll hit this topic again yeah. later in the future, but. No, I just think the whole thing, and it goes with our, the, our talks, the way we started about glass half full, glass half empty, is any objection, even if it can't be overcome, you've got to learn, you've got to figure out how to market it and spin it in the best possible way. And because there's no house that will not sell, you know, all every, even that one I told you about that I went in that looked like I built it, it ended up selling. So, you know, that's the thing is you just have to learn how to market it and and, you know, figure out the best way to present it, especially if it does have an objection that can't be overcome like that. Everything else in it needs to be perfect. You know, you can't have a bunch of those. So if it needs painting, that's where I go back to. If you back up to a busier road or you have a steep driveway, then you don't want a house that needs painting or upgrades or anything like that. You want you want to make it as good as possible so that you don't have other ones. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah, that's a really good point. So get rid of all the other objections you can take care of. So they exactly. don't have anything else to look at in a negative yeah. way. Everything else is positive. Yeah. This that's is the half full. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. This has been a fun, uplifting, positive topic. I do have to run, spread some cheer to others. <laughs> I have to spread some of this optimism to others. But this has been great. <laughs> yes, it has. Well, right. I hope you have a great day. I you hope too. you overcome Thank any you. objections you have in your day. And we'll I talk next time. Okay. Right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Melissa Unscripted is produced by Tiger Moth Creative, helping businesses and nonprofits leverage the power of their story. Find links and show notes at melissagreer.com. And so you'll never miss a show. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And make sure you give us a good rating. That's it for now. See you next time.